How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, congratulations to Rose Welter. She won the four-pack of tickets. Rose, she's going to be rocking out, supporting the Twins as they take on the Royals next Tuesday, a Twins Ticket Tuesday. And Rose, I hope she gets one of those 5,000 T-shirts. She told me that she hasn't been to Target Field since COVID. So you talk about somebody that is going to enjoy themselves at yeah. the ballpark. and she's chomping she, at the she, bit to get she's back. She's chomping at the bit to get out there. So, yeah, congratulations. Congratulations, Rose. Have fun next Tuesday. I mean, I'll be there. Maybe I'll bump into Rose. There you go. It'd be cool. Um, one of the things that hmm, was a storyline in, like, the, the heart of the pandemic, like, early on, the, the very depths of the quarantine – when we had masks on 24-7, we had a lot of places that were not open. It was – there were only a few places that you went to on a regular basis. That was grocery store and liquor store. Those were the two. Like, Shaletta was always at the liquor store getting her some Tito's and some Grey Dog and getting whatever, right? So, so I get it. Everybody talked about the whole, you know, going to the – Liquor store being an essential business, mm-hmm. okay, I guess that's fine. But it was grocery store, liquor store. I know personally that I also was gassing up, and it wasn't like I had to go get gas every week because there weren't a lot of places that were open. But yeah, every couple of weeks you get gas because I had to go and run those errands and get the groceries and do yeah. do all that stuff. What fine, but there were a lot less people on the roads. Like it was literally nobody on the roads. There be weeks. Even a few months where I was like, man, there's nobody out here, which made all the sense in the world. Okay? It made all the sense in the world. But now that people have deemed that the pandemic is over when it's not, um, we're in a different place in the pandemic. Yes. Okay? We've got yep. vaccines and all that stuff, good stuff, but we're right? Sti- but we're still in it. We yeah. still, it's still yeah. an issue. We still, we, still, we still have issues. And I get it. And I, and I go and I go to the gym all the time and I'm doing stuff and I've been in bars. I've been in restaurants like everybody else. I'm fully vaccinated. I'm double boosted. So I get it. We're in a different place. But now everybody's back out driving. And there's an article in today's Minneapolis Star Tribune, or actually yesterday's. It says Minnesotans are driving like crazy and it's killing people. And according to this story in the report, uh, done by Mary Jo Webster, is that Minnesota joins states across the country experiencing a massive rise 
and traffic fatalities despite better seatbelt usage and cars brimming with new safety technology. Motorists surveyed said they are speeding more than ever. At the same time, many law enforcement agencies are scaling back or even eliminating speed enforcement as they shift diminished staffs to more pressing law enforcement work. Okay, so I would love to get some response from people out there listening about this specific topic at 651-461-9226. And the reason why I say this is because I heard Jason talking about this story earlier, and I'm with him. I don't mind that we pivot to other more pressing law enforcement work and less patrolling in terms of, like, giving out um, traffic tickets, speeding tickets, and all of that. I Do I still think that that's a thing and it should for always be a thing? Absolutely. We need to look out for one another, and that's just part of what law enforcement has to do. But in terms of in terms of would I rather them be giving out more speeding tickets than finding murderers? Of course not. Okay. If there's there's the really, really important law enforcement work, yes. I know with numbers being scaled back because a lot of people have gotten out of law enforcement, I want them to do the real tough tasks. Okay? But okay, and there's a but here. Okay. There's always going to be a catch-22 when you look at it through that lens, like I just looked at it. And I'm going to tell you why. You know why many more people, I think, are having issues, wrecks, fatalities, and stuff like that? They're just driving faster? They're distracted? Driving faster. You just hit on it. Distracted. Distracted. Every single day. It's almost like I'm doing my own polling. When I am driving, I am paying attention to see not only what's going on on the roadways, when I'm looking around left and right, but I'm looking to see where the driver's eyes are. And I got to be honest with you, Chris. Every day, every day, I probably come across at least every day Mm -hmm. a dozen or more people that are looking down on 394, on Highway 100, on 77, on 62, Mm -hmm. like wherever you're driving. You cannot tell me that every day that you are in a vehicle, if you drive every day, and I drive every day, that you're not seeing people that are looking down as they're driving fast. I think that that's the number one thing and the reason why people are speeding. Yeah, I I think that's completely fair. I, I would even go a, a step further to to say that I think phones are the number one thing that's problematic. You know, I don't see any of these issues where it used to be this thing where you know people are they're putting on their makeup or they're you know curling their hair, or they're eating breakfast or whatever. Like I don't see any of that. The one thing I see a lot is. Is, is cell phones. And I got to tell you another thing as well, Henry. I don't know if you've seen it, but it is really, really starting to bug me is people having their their AirPods in when they're driving. Like, well, that, I, I see that's people, against the law. Yeah, I, I see people that do You're not that. supposed to do that. Right. I, I see people doing that. And I'm like, can you – do you realize the issue that – you know, the problem that we're going to have with this – is that if something's happening, if there's an emergency vehicle, you got your earbuds in. 
and you can't hear anything. Like I, I see that more and that that to me is almost becoming as problematic because you can consider yourself distracted because you can't hear what's going on around you. Like you're not being aware of your surroundings. It, to me, I think that's becoming an issue. But I, I see this and I'm, you know, I drove out in L.A. this summer, Henry. I didn't have any problem with the traffic. I got to be honest. It was, we were out there for a week, had a rental car. No problem with the traffic because everybody seemed to be you know, almost respectable of other people's uh, of, of other people's spaces. And, you know, you've been in Atlanta. You've been in Kansas City. Oh, I've been on the 405 in, in L.A. Yeah, so, yeah, I've been out to L.A. I mean, my sister lives in L.A. Yeah, that's right. And I was out in Houston, and I was telling this to my wife. We were kind of talking about this today. Like, we were in Houston. People drive crazy fast there, but they're in control, if that makes sense. I feel like people here at times get out of control, and that's what scares me about Minnesota drivers, to be honest. And, I, you know, I love this state. I love 99% of the things about this state, Mm -hmm. but that just drives me nuts. There's something else, too. That is concerning to me, at least, because we've got distracted driving, um, driving while intoxicated will always be a thing, right? Like, yes, we know that because there's the people. I'm not drunk. I'm fine. I'm good. And they're drunk. Yeah. Okay. And I'm not saying the person after one wine, a glass of wine, or the person after one beer. I'm talking about the, there are people that literally. Will day drink and they think that they're good. They think and they're it's, fine. It's, it's like what? What are you thinking about? Like yeah. what are you doing anyway? There's a new thing though. Like it, it's it's actually it's not a new thing, but it's a more emerging thing. Okay, and it is the people that are high B- because marijuana use and THC is more of a thing now. Then it's been in years past. Yep. And it's not to say that the last 30, 40 years that a person smoking a joint hasn't been high driving. Of course that's been a thing. We we know that. People have been doing pe- it. People use, it. Yes. use all kind of hardcore drugs and they hop behind you. We get that. Yeah. Heck, Ann Hesh? Yeah. She was totally messed up when she crashed in, into that house and, and the car got on fire and she tragically she died after that. But that's more of a thing now. I saw something, what was it, a, a week and a half ago that said that there are more people. The percentage of people in this country that smoke marijuana, it's higher than cigarettes now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just I feel like people are looking at, and this is where it becomes tough because I'm an advocate of legalizing marijuana. I I got no problem with it either. You know, And I will fully admit here on the air, I have consumed you know, my THC gummies since they've been what i know right so i i feel like look at you i know in the words of chris tubbs you go you go you know i i just i feel like right now we're starting to see more of the there's a lot of of steam behind legalizing marijuana but i think there's also people are starting to see the health of of cbd and hemp and you know all of these good that it does whereas you look at smoking it almost seems like it's passe right it's like what's the benefit of smoking there's no smoking there's no benefit of it whereas you know i I think we're starting to see more people kind of maybe not on that bandwagon but they're starting to open up their mind a little bit more and that's that's really all we can ask but yeah I, i can i can tell that when i've had my few gummies i can tell when when i'm in an altered state 
And you know what? I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, sit your ass down. I, I stay home and I, I don't know, play video games. That's kind of what I do. I, I go back to being a high school or a high school senior <laughs> without the weed. Oh my goodness! You're like a fast mon- you're like a fast times to rich mon- high. Yes, <laughs> that's right. All right, coming up I'm next, Spicoli. You are Spicoli. It's time for Word on the Street. That's next here on The Lake Show. All right, it's time for Word on the Street. In case you don't know anything about Word on the Street because you did not listen to the previous Lake Night, now that went to The Lake Show, Word on the Street is our version of kind of like the uh, the gossip, rumor mill, entertainment slash sports segment. We like to get the juicy stuff, the TMZ-type stuff, and we do that and have fun with it here in this segment. All right. Well, hopefully we don't uh, you know turn anybody off with this first story. But a man was caught on camera stealing a magician's costume in the dressing room of a comedy club. And for his next trick, he decided to uh, make something appear uh, when he decided to pleasure himself backstage while no what? one was around. Yes. According to video surveillance, a man appears to walk right through the dressing room of the Laugh Factory in Las Vegas inside the Tropicana. Now, there's one performer that was lounging on the couch. They seemed to notice the man walking right towards the wardrobe rack. Didn't think anything of it. Now, according to the police report, the man swiped a pair of pants, a T-shirt, and a hat from the show's headline act, Murray the Magician. The report says Murray was told the suspect showed up again a few days later with someone else, seemingly scoping out the area. Well, after leaving the same person who stole Murray's costume, returned alone, sat on the dressing room couch, and appeared to you know, do what he wanted to do. Murray stated that no one at the comedy club recognized the individual, but to be on the lookout if he returns for an encore, and uh, the alleged perpetrator is still on the loose, so to speak. Um, so they haven't caught the guy? Is that what we're getting out of this? No, no. How, oh, boy. How do you not catch a guy? He's just kind of there. He's, I figure he's kind of in a vulnerable position. You should be able to just say, you know, stop. My goodness. That's crazy. Yeah. Hey, now, this shouldn't be uh, word on the street, but rather uh, rumor has it. Okay. uh, That uh, Adele simply looking to celebrate her big Emmy win, but her fans think there's something much bigger to toast because of something she posted, something that makes them think she and Rich Paul said, I do. Now, the singer was, quote, pleased as punch to be one step closer to EGOT status Monday night winning the Outstanding Variety Special for her TV concert, Adele, One Night Only. And one image of her shiny new statuette shows a personalized game box also on the table. Now, the box, which appears to be holding game tiles, reads The Pauls. So, while Adele was happy Hmm. about her big win, comment section was obviously flooded with the question, asking, are you married? Now, she has yet to respond to the noise, despite the post already getting over 2.7 million likes. But... Adele and Rich, they've been going strong publicly for over a year. After meeting a few years back, she moved in with him in May and even responded to the engagement rumors in an interview with LUK last month saying, quote, she might as well be married. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, congratulations to Adele. This would be, what, the second time married? Oh, I don't know. No, no. This would be number two because she was, she was married before. She had a child, I think. Okay. Yeah. So good luck to her. I mean – She's had, her and Rich Paul are having fun. Having fun. Having fun. Well, have fun. Hey. 
That's how you wanted to find their relationship? By all means, Adele, you guys have fun. Hey, somebody that uh, is also having some fun is Adrian Peterson because uh, he and Le'Veon Bell apparently are going to be mixing it up this weekend. And a man who's been hit by both Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell is weighing in on the celebrity boxing match. Longtime Dallas Cowboy cornerback Orlando Skandrick played 11 seasons in the NFL, says in his mind, Adrian Peterson is the safer pick if you're looking to bet on the match later this week. Wait, Adrian Peterson and who? Le'Veon Bell. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've seen a couple of Instagram highlights, and Adrian looks very, very strong. I know Adrian's very, very determined. I know he's a hard worker. He, he gives it everything. I'd be surprised not to see Adrian be victorious. Uh, Bell and Peterson square off this Saturday as part of the Social Gloves 2 event, the Bank of California Stadium. The betting favorite, surprisingly, is Le'Veon, but it's clear that Skandrick, who played against both of them, sees the tilt going differently. Hmm. Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell in the ring. Who wins that? I mean, who you got your money on? I'll take Adrian Peterson, man. That guy's got abs on top of abs. I I don't know. I, I wouldn't mess with Adrian. That doesn't mean he can fight. I I mean, he could certainly I'm, take a punch. Oh, he probably could. Yeah, I'm going to go And I'm not Adrian. saying he can't fight. I'm, I'm gonna, just saying, like, I mean, Le'Veon Bell's not a small human, is he? No, I don't think so. But I mean, Le'Veon, he's not. He's not big like Adrian Peterson. No, though. no. I, and I mean, like I th- physically, Adrian Peterson is the more imposing dude. Yeah, and I mean, Adrian, you know, he's seven years older than Le'Veon because I think Le'Veon's only thirty. So, Adrian's thirty-seven. Adrian's thirty-seven. Okay. Yeah. So, that's my guess. I, I would still go with Adrian. If you had to bet on it, who would you bet on? Le- uh, Le'Veon Bell, Adrian Peterson. I probably would go with Adrian Peterson because he's the bigger human being. Okay. But I wouldn't be surprised if Le'Veon Bell. Won. I think that Le'Veon Bell has actually has he didn't he did he box somebody else? I think he did. Yeah, I, I think this is not his first time into the. Well, we know that Frank Gore boxed a couple times. Yeah, he's Frank gotten better. Gordon. Yep, because he got knocked out one time, and then the second I just saw him over the he like knocked the the crap out of somebody. Okay, uh, who else? Darren Williams has fought. I think Darren Williams might have beat up Frank Gore. That might have been the fight. Oh yeah, I think you're right. The, <laughs> The former uh, NBA player, NBA player, Ohio State, Ohio State, no, no, Illinois, Illinois. Okay, he was Illinois. See, I couldn't even remember. But yeah, I, I, I remember him. So okay, yeah, I remember Darren Williams. All right, and uh, finally here, Henry, Britney Spears is calling out her son Jaden James, accusing him of undermining her and wondering if he's pissed that the gravy train is about to run dry. Now, Brett, uh, Britney went on a long rant Monday on social media. And it was mostly a response to Jaden publicly talking about her challenges as mom. Now, she scoffs at Jaden, wishing and praying that she gets better, wondering if her son is worried about the fact that he's not going to get any more money from her in a couple of years once he turns 18. Interesting. Brittany's also addressing her sourcing or her souring relationship with her sons, who she hasn't seen in months, claiming they ignored her when they hung out in the past and never felt she was a good enough mother if she didn't shower them with gifts. Now, 15-year-old Jaden recently did a sit-down interview for 60 Minutes Australia, in which he accused his mom of not showing equal love and attention to him and his brother, Sean Preston, talking about Britney's mental state. Britney said Jaden sounds just like Jamie Spears in the interview, accusing her son of secretly loving to look at her like something is wrong with her. Same thing she says the rest of her family is guilty of. Let me let me say this right now, and, and I'm not trying to pile on Britney Spears, but I'm just calling it like I see it on the outside. I think that Britney Spears is tragically very much a damaged person. 
And what I mean by that is I'm not saying that her family didn't ever do her wrong, whether it's her mom, dad, whatever. That's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But Britney Spears is playing the victim every time something in her life is off. And I don't think I just I'm not buying that. Like your relationship with your your your, your dad is not good. Your relationship with, your, with like your mom and dad and your 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 sister is not good. Now your kids, like your ki- I'm sorry, man. Something's not right here. Brittany, how is it that Britney Spears has an issue with everybody that's in her life, everybody that's in her orbit, and it's all everybody else? No, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. She's not the victim with everybody, including her children. She she really she really went on record and she's calling out her her kids and saying, "Oh, the gravy train's over in a couple of years." Uh, I, I think that Britney's got some issues, man. Do you feel like the public perception is starting to turn on her again? No, I think no? that I think that everybody is like, "Damn, y'all, leave Britney alone." Yeah. And I don't. I'm not in that camp. I'm I, I'm not saying that she should be ostracized and just really made to be look like a bad human being. But Britney Spears knows how popular she is. And what does she try to do at every turn? She tries to make everybody that she has a problem with the bad person. I'm not going to buy that. I'm not going to buy that. Britney Spears is going to make her family, everybody in her family, the bad guy. I just not buy And now her kids. I'm not buying that dude because the funny thing about this is she's been so obsessed with her fiancé, now husband. Driving while intoxicated will always be a thing, right? Like, it, yes. it, we know that because there's, there's people, I'm not drunk. I'm fine. I'm good. And they're drunk. Yeah. Okay? And I'm not saying the person after one wine, a glass of wine, or the person after one beer. I'm talking about the, there are people that literally will day drink, and they think that they're good. They think and they're it's, fine. It's, it's like, what? What are you thinking about? Like, yeah. what are you doing? Anyway. There's a new thing, though. Like, it, it's it's actually, it's not a new thing, but it's a more emerging thing. Okay. And it is the people that are high. B- because marijuana use and THC is more of a thing now than it's been in years past. Yep. And it's not to say that the last 30, 40 years that a person smoking a joint Hasn't been high driving. Of course, that's been a thing. We we know that people have been doing pe- it. People use yes. use all kind of hardcore drugs, and they hop behind you. We get that. Yeah. Heck, Anne Hesh. Yeah, she was totally messed up when she crashed in, into that house, and and the car got on fire, and she tragically she died after that. But that's more of a thing now. I saw something. What was it? A, a week and a half ago that said that there are more pe- the percentage of people in this country. That smoke marijuana, it's higher than cigarettes now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just – I feel like people are looking at – and this is where it becomes tough because I'm an advocate of legalizing marijuana. I – I got no problem with it either. You know, and I will fully admit here on the air, I have consumed, you know, my THC gummies since they've been legal. What? I know, right? So I, I feel like – Look people, at you. I, I know. In the yeah. words of Chris Tubbs. You go. You go. I, you know, I, I just I feel like right now we're starting to see more of the there's a lot of of steam behind legalizing marijuana. But I think there's also people are starting to see the health of, of CBD and hemp and, you know, all of these good that it does. Whereas you look at smoking 
it almost seems like it's passe, right? It's like, what's the benefit of smoking? There's no smoking. There's no benefit of it. Whereas, you know, I I think we're starting to see more people kind of maybe not on that bandwagon, but they're starting to open up their mind a little bit more. And that's, that's really all we can ask. But yeah, I, I can, I can tell that when I've had my few gummies, I can tell when, when I'm in an altered state and you know what? I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, sit your ass down. I, I stay home and I, I don't know, play video games. That's kind of what I do. I, I go back to being a high school, or a high school senior <laughs> without the weed. Oh my goodness. You're like a fast mon- you're like a fast time at the Ridgemont fast High. To- yes. <laughs> That's right. All right, coming up I'm next. Spicoli. You are Spicoli. It's time for Word on the Street. That's next here on the Lake Show. All right, it's time for Word on the Street. In case you don't know anything about Word on the Street because you did not listen to the previous Lake Night, now that we went to the Lake Show. Word on the Street is our version of kind of like the uh, the gossip. Rumor mill, entertainment slash sports segment. We like to get the juicy stuff, the TMZ type stuff. And we do that and have fun with it here in this segment. All right. Well, hopefully we don't uh, you know turn anybody off with this first story. But a man was caught on camera stealing a magician's costume in the dressing room of a comedy club. And for his next trick, he decided to uh, make something appear. Uh, when he decided to pleasure himself backstage while no what? one was around. Yes. According to video surveillance, a man appears to walk right through the dressing room of the Laugh Factory in Las Vegas inside the Tropicana. Now, there's one performer that was lounging on the couch. They seemed to notice the man walking right towards the wardrobe rack. Didn't think anything of it. Now, according to the police report, the man swiped a pair of pants, a T-shirt, and a hat from the show's headline act, Murray the Magician. The report says Murray was told the suspect showed up again a few days later with someone else seemingly scoping out the area. Well, after leaving, the same person who stole Murray's costume returned alone, sat on the dressing room couch, and appeared to do what he wanted to do. Murray stated that no one at the comedy club recognized the individual, but to be on the lookout if he returns for an encore, and uh, the alleged perpetrator is still on the loose, so to speak. Um. So they haven't caught the guy? Is that what we're getting out of this? No, no. How, oh, boy. How do you not catch a guy? He's just kind of there. He's, I figure he's kind of in a vulnerable position. You should be able to just say, you know, stop. My goodness. That's crazy. Yeah. Hey, now, this shouldn't be uh, word on the street, but rather uh, rumor has it. Okay. Uh, that uh, Adele simply looking to celebrate her big Emmy win but her fans think there's something much bigger to toast because of something she posted, something that makes them think she and Rich Paul said, I do. Now, the singer was, quote, pleased as punch to be one step closer to EGOT status Monday night, winning the outstanding variety special for her TV concert, Adele, one night only. And one image of her shiny new statuette shows a personalized game box also on the table. Now, the box, which appears to be holding game tiles, reads The Pauls. So while Adele was happy about her big win, comment section was obviously flooded with the question asking, are you married? Now, she has yet to respond to the noise, despite the post already getting over 2.7 million likes. But Adele and Rich, they've been going strong publicly for over a year. After meeting a few years back, she moved in with him in May and even responded to the engagement rumors in an interview with LUK last month saying, quote, she might as well be married. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. Well, congratulations to Adele. This would be, what, the second time married? Oh, I don't know. No, no. This would be number two because she was, she was married before. She had a child, I think. Okay. Yeah. So good luck to her. I mean, she's ha- her and Rich Paul are having fun. Having fun. Having fun. <laughs> well, Have fun. Hey. That's how you wanted to find their relationship? By all means, Adele, you guys have fun. Hey, somebody that uh, is also having some fun is Adrian Peterson because uh, he and Le'Veon Bell apparently are going to be mixing it up this weekend. And a man who's been hit by both Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell is weighing in on the celebrity boxing match. Longtime Dallas Cowboy cornerback Orlando Skandrick played 11 seasons in the NFL, says in his mind, Adrian Peterson is the safer pick if you're looking to bet on the match later this week. Wait, Adrian Peterson and who? Le'Veon Bell. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've seen a couple of Instagram highlights, and Adrian looks very, very strong. I know Adrian's very, very determined. I know he's a hard worker. He he gives it everything. I'd be surprised not to see Adrian be victorious. Uh, Bell and Peterson square off this Saturday as part of the Social Gloves 2 event the Bank of California Stadium. The betting favorite, surprisingly, is Le'Veon. But it's clear that Skandrick, who played against both of them, sees the tilt going differently. Hmm. Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell in the ring. Who wins that? I mean, who you got your money on? I'll take Adrian Peterson, man. That guy's got abs on top of abs. I I don't know. I, I wouldn't mess with Adrian. That doesn't mean he can fight. I, I mean, he could certainly I'm- take a punch. Oh, he probably could. Yeah, I'm going to go And I'm not saying he can't fight. I'm, I'm gonna, just saying, like, I mean, Le'Veon Bell's not a small human, is he? No, I don't think so. But, I mean, Le'Veon, he's not He's not big like Adrian Peterson. No, though. no. And, I mean, like, I th- physically, Adrian Peterson's the more imposing dude. Yeah, and, I mean, Adrian, you know, he's seven years older than Le'Veon because I think Le'Veon's only 30. So. Adrian's 37? Adrian's 37. Okay. Yeah, so that's my guess. I, I would still go with Adrian. If you had to bet on it, who would you bet on? Le'Veon Bell, Adrian Peterson. I probably would go with Adrian Peterson because he's the bigger human being. Okay, but I wouldn't be surprised if Le'Veon Bell. Won. I think that Le'Veon Bell has actually has he did he did he box somebody else? I think he did. Yeah, I, I think this is not his first time into the. Well, we know that Frank Gore boxed a couple times. Yeah, he's Frank gotten Gore better. Did. Yep, because he got knocked out one time, and then the second time I just saw him over the he like knocked the the crap out of somebody. Okay, uh, who else? Darren Williams has fought. I think Darren Williams might have beat up Frank Gore. That might have been the fight. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. The, <laughs> the former uh, NBA player. NBA player. Ohio, Sta- Ohio State. No, and, no, Illinois. Illinois, okay. He was Illinois. See? I couldn't even remember. But, yeah, I, I, re- I remember him. So, okay. Yeah, I remember Darren Williams. All right. And uh, finally here, Henry, Britney Spears is calling out her son, Jaden James, accusing him of undermining her and wondering if he's pissed that the gravy train is about to run dry. Now, Brittany went on a long rant Monday on social media, and it was mostly a response to Jaden publicly talking about her challenges as mom. Now, she scoffs at Jaden, wishing and praying that she gets better, wondering if her son is worried about the fact that he's not going to get any more money from her in a couple of years once he turns 18. Interesting. Brittany's also addressing her sourcing or her souring relationship with her sons, who she hasn't seen in months, claiming they ignored her when they hung out in the past and never felt she was a good enough mother if she didn't shower them with gifts. Now, 15-year-old Jaden recently did a sit-down interview for 60 Minutes Australia, in which he accused his mom of not showing equal love and attention to him and his brother, Sean Preston, talking about Britney's mental state. Britney said Jaden sounds just like Jamie Spears in the interview, 
accusing her son of secretly loving to look at her like something is wrong with her. Same thing she says the rest of her family is guilty of. Let me let me say this right now, and and I'm not trying to pile on Britney Spears, but I'm just calling it like I see it on the outside. I think that Britney Spears is tragically very much a damaged person. And what I mean by that is I'm not saying that her family didn't ever do her wrong, whether it's her mom, dad, whatever. That's not what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But Britney Spears is playing the victim every time something in her life is off. And I don't think – I just – I'm not buying that. Like, your relationship with your your, your, your dad is not good. Your relationship with, your, with, like, your mom and dad and your, your, your sister is not good. Now your kids – like, your ki- – I'm sorry, man. Something's not right here. Brittany – how is it that Britney Spears has an issue with everybody that's in her life? Everybody that's in her orbit, and it's all everybody else? No, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. She's not the victim with everybody, including her children. She, she really she really went on record, and she's calling out her, her kids and saying, oh, the gravy train's over in a couple of years. Uh, I, I think that Britney's got some issues, man. Do you feel like the public perception is starting to turn on her, Grin? No, I think no? that I think that everybody is like, damn, y'all – Leave Britney alone, yeah. and I don't. I'm not in that camp. I'm. I, I'm not saying that she should be ostracized and just really made to be look like a bad human being. But Britney Spears knows how popular she is, and what does she try to do at every turn? She tries to make everybody that the, she has the, a problem the with guy. the bad person. Yeah. I'm not going to buy that. I'm not going to buy that. Britney Spears is going to make. Her family, everybody in her family, the bad guy. I just not buy, and now her kids. I'm not buying that, dude. Because the funny thing about this is, she's been so obsessed with her fiance, now husband, and we've heard more about that than her kids. I think that Brittany may have some failings as a mother. I just wish that her kids wouldn't be in the spotlight like this. Like you're not, your kids are not doing, you're not doing your kids a, you know, a solid by having them. At 15, what 15-year-old is doing a sit-down with a 60 minutes? Like, who does that? Like, what adult lets their kid do a 15, 15-year-old? You know what? Yeah, do this do this primetime thing in Australia. It's fine. Yeah. All right, coming up next, it's going to wrap up Word on the Street. We'll check in with Paul Douglas, get the latest on weather, and then we'll talk gopher football. They're 1-0. Daniel House, founder of Gophers Guru and Vikings Corner, he joins us next on The Lake Show. I had talked to Andy Greeter from the St. Paul Pioneer Press yesterday while I was out at the Minnesota State Fair. Had some questions for him about Minnesota United as well as uh, Golden Gopher football. But I want to continue the conversation about Golden Gopher football with the founder of Gopher Guru and Vikings Corner. His name is Daniel House. Give him a follow on Twitter at Daniel House NFL, and he's joining us here courtesy of the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. How you been, Daniel? Lake, what's going on, man? It's football season. We're back again. I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting with you. I missed uh, talking with you for a while. Yeah, no, we're we're back, man. Like it's funny because Chris earlier was like, "Why is nobody talking about Packer Week? Why is nobody talking about this and that?" I just think. Because we've had the state fair, we've had a lot of other things that have been kind of percolating in society. But you know this. Now, after watching the last weekend of college football 
and now that we're getting into week one of the National Football League, it's back on. It's back on. I think people with the NFL, it, it kind of with the extended uh, regular season now and that extra week that you have after training camp gets done, it seems like it takes forever to play the first game. So it, it could be a little bit of that fatigue too. Yeah, no question about it. Well, last Thursday, the uh, the Golden Gophers kicked off their season at Huntington Bank. They defeated New Mexico State, led by Jerry Kill, thirty-eight nothing. Um, I didn't see the score being 38 nothing. I thought it'd be more like 38-10. But then again, it's New Mexico State, and they're garbage. They're absolutely god-awful. To, to me, you can make the case that they're the worst team in Division One because I saw their previous game the week before, that Saturday uh-huh. night. And so I, I knew that they were going to get blown out. But, man, 38 nothing. good performance by the Minnesota Golden Gophers. But – at the end of the day, though, Daniel, and I, I want your, your thoughts on this and, and uh, perspective on it. I was mildly impressed with the Gophers. And I know people will be like, well, hold on. Like, they didn't give up a point. I get that. But that's how much I think of New Mexico State. They are awful. Yeah, I mean, New Mexico State has one of the worst programs in America and one of the worst facilities out there. So Jerry Kill kind of walked into a, a mess there. But. And you look at the Gophers having to come out and just execute, uh, do everything at a high level for the first time. I mean, the defense was on the field for just 33 snaps. Like, that's based upon my research, that's the lowest output in any college game since 2017. So it's very rare that a defense is able to kind of limit the amount of opportunities, explosive plays, and just totally shut down an offense, get a ton of three and outs, and then the offense just controlling the ball for like over 40 minutes. And, you know, but I liked what I saw, Lake, in terms of just the confidence of Tanner Morgan in that game, being able to pass the ball with the RPO game and also have some things off of that with play action and the drop back game and just the comfort and feel of having Kurt Shiraka back as offensive coordinator was pretty apparent. And, to see Mo run like he did out coming off of that injury. I mean, we saw all the traits that made him special before the injury, the vision, the contact balance, the feel as a runner. So, you know, not only him, but Trey Potts as well. I mean, there yeah. were questions about whether he'd ever play again, but he made it back out there in flash. So there were a lot of things there just to see the off key offensive players perform well, even if it was against New Mexico State. I mean, I just look at New Mexico State and between two quarterbacks, they had 53 yards total passing. They had 38 yards rushing. Like, when do you see? I mean, Chris is over here, like, ready to, he's ready to, like, throw up in studio. Like, you just don't see that. I, it's unbelievable. But getting back to Mo, you mentioned Mo, you mentioned Trey. It was good to see both those guys coming back of, uh, coming off of significant injuries, be back out there and look very, very good. Yeah, that's what you want to see coming off what they did and what they went through. It's just nice to see them back out on the field. And the offensive line challenge together for them as well. It's a new group, had a lot of experienced guys lead, but there were people ready behind them sort of developing up. Left tackle Ariante Ursary stood out while watching the game back, reviewing it. I think he has a chance to be one of the best overall offensive linemen that the Gophers have had under Fleck, and they've had some good ones with Daniel Falele getting picked high in the last NFL draft, but Ursary, his athletic ability is pretty rare, and the staff is very excited about him. And then Quinn Carroll got the start at right tackle. Everybody was kind of wondering who would end up playing there. Three guys competing uh, during spring and fall practices. Quinn came later, so he kind of had to get up to speed after transferring from Notre Dame. But I thought he flashed in the ground game and 
is kind of continuing to polish it up. So that's what you really want to see moving forward, Lake, is just the offensive line starting to get that kind of duty together and gel just because they haven't played much together. And you want to be clicking at the right time when Big Ten play starts in a couple of weeks. Talking to Daniel House, Gophers Guru, uh, joining us here on uh, the Lake Show on News Talk A three O W C C O. Give him a follow on Twitter at Daniel House NFL. Uh, this question is one that I'm very, very curious to hear your response to. We typically going into a Gopher season, we know who the best wideout is. I actually don't know the answer to that question, so I'm going to ask you: Who is the best receiver for the Minnesota Golden Gophers this season? Ooh, that's, that's a good question. I'd have to go with Chris Ottman Bell, but Dalen Wright's the interesting wild card just because he has the most natural ability. He, he, when you go to a practice and you watch him, he's got the body control and the leap to just go up and get balls that you don't see players, you know, able to go up and get very often. Like everyone you speak with that has worked around the program, they all say that he has some of the most natural talent of anybody that they've worked with there, but. You know, Bell, just his ability to attack the football in contested catch situations. And then also seeing Kirk get him some stuff underneath through play designs to really allow him to create after the catch. Like, the Gophers were dead last last season among Power 5 teams and yards after the catch. They only had 813 yards after the catch last year total for the whole season. In the first game, they had 117. So I think that's going to be a major emphasis is getting the ball to playmakers in space. But I'd have to go with Bell, but keep an eye on Wright because if everything clicks for him, I think he's got to do a little bit better job blocking on the perimeter. It's a huge thing that Minnesota asks of its wide receivers. So if he wants to have a large snap share and be able to really maximize his potential, that's one area he has to work on. But no questioning his uh, talent and overall ability. All right, next up for the Golden Gophers is Western Illinois. Uh, They are next up on the schedule this coming Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff, which is (laughs) – I, I typically I like the uh, the later kickoffs, and when I say later, I'm talking about anything afternoon because typically with the Lake Show, I've been on from nine until one, and so I'm sleeping in on Saturday morning. Now I got the new time slot. Now six to nine, I'll be better off getting up a little bit earlier on Saturdays now. So it's all good. The Colorado game is a perfect window there because it starts at two uh, thirty. That's a two thirty kick on uh, September the seventeenth. But what do you know? of Western Illinois. Give me a little bit of what you know about them right now. Western Illinois has 80 new players on their roster. They've won a combined three games over the past two seasons and haven't been to the FCS playoffs since 2017. Hired a brand-new coach, Myers Hendrickson, comes from Kansas Wesleyan, where he had a lot of success there, 31-4 and record in three years, but tons of new personnel. 58 players on their spring game roster, they had to kind of reset, get some players in there. And we saw for the first time them play against UT Martin this past week. They started Henry Ogala at quarterback and pulled him for Nick Davenport in the third quarter. Uh, they show a lot of variety offensively, so that's something for fans to watch for. Like, you'll see a lot of different personnel grouping, late shifts, people lining up in different spots. It's part of their offensive philosophy, but – one of the things that stood out was just how wore down their defense got. They were on the field for 80-plus plays. Uh, we're getting run all over in the second half. You could just see them getting wore down, giving up explosive plays. But I'd say the best overall player is a wide receiver, Nassim Bradley, number 18. He had three touchdowns, six catches for 171 yards. A big possession-style receiver who can go up and get the ball in traffic. So 
he's one of the mismatched players that that really had a lot of success in the last game. So those are just that's kind of a brief overview of, of their program. I got to be honest with you. Um, uh, I, I, let me transition back to New Mexico State for a quick second because I was rather disgruntled for the last few months with uh, Jerry Kill. I didn't like I, I didn't like what Jerry Kill was saying about PJ Fleck. I didn't like how he was kind of getting after PJ, and I never liked how he went after PJ and his ex wife and all that. I, that's just that's off grounds, man. That's just that's off limits. You don't do that. That that. But at the end of it, after losing thirty eight nothing and seeing that they had multiple handshakes and all that stuff. In the, in the post-game um, press conference, he said things that I expected out of Jerry Kill. He seemed to me to be in a more humbled state than where he had been previously. Now, do I think that things will ever um, get swept under the rug? No. I think there will always be that that um, a little bit of animosity, a little bit of hurt, a little bit of just being frustrated at how things shook out, not only for him at Minnesota, but also for Tracy Clays. But I do like the fact that he was um, a little bit more reflective after the game on Thursday, um, after well, specifically after they got blown out. Yeah, I think you saw him coming back, just kind of remembering what it was like. I'm sure a lot of things were flowing about, you know, leaving there and how things went, maybe some regret as to how, you know, he handled everything with his health, maybe wishes he would have stepped away versus, you know, or just did like a leave of absence versus stepping away permanently. You know, a lot of things going through his mind, but, you know, he saw what it was like there and what the program's like under Fleck now. With, I mean, the student section was crazy. It was just packed with a lot of energy and excitement for the first game of the year, and it just kind of shows you where the program's at now with the, the excitement level and how Fleck's kind of really taken it to another level and won some big games, you know, beating Wisconsin twice now and, uh, that's been exciting for the fan base. So I think a lot of reflection for Jerry just coming back and, and seeing where where he was before and, and now where the program's at. All right, final thing for you, Daniel, and it's a pretty simple question. Where do you see the Gophers falling in the Big Ten this year? I know that we've got Western Illinois and then we got Colorado before they jump into um, the Big Ten schedule at Michigan State, but uh, how do you think things stack up for them this year? I'm very excited to watch the first two Big Ten games, Lake. I know the crossover games for Minnesota with Michigan State and Penn State, both. I know on paper people are kind of going, well, those are probably two games that they're struggling. But when you look at the matchups, the O-lines for both teams, I think Rossi can come up with some unique schemes defensively for those matchups. And I think there's some schematic things that they can do with both of those opponents. They have better crossover games than a lot of the other Big Ten West opponents. They don't have to play Ohio State or Michigan. So they have a better draw there. And I also look at the Big Ten West. Iowa's offense is just looking absolutely terrible. Doesn't look any better. You know their defense will be strong, so we'll see if that can carry them along with field position. But what I'm watching is Wisconsin and Purdue Lake. I look at Purdue different style of football being airing it out. They haven't been able to run the ball in the Big Ten, and I think that's something that holds them back a little bit where you can only pass so much. You have to be able to maintain that physicality to be able to win games. I mean, you watch the Penn State game, if Purdue gets one more first down, they probably win the game. Instead, they're throwing 11 passes to one run in a huge stretch and only run a little bit of time off the clock at the end. So Purdue definitely has a lot of – talent on the roster and is getting better on defense, but I'm not sure if they can maintain it not being able to run the ball. And then Wisconsin, does Graham Mertz take a big step forward? That's what I'm really watching with them. The receiver play, 
I don't know if they have enough receivers to really create a dynamic, you know, passing attack. And Braylon Allen at running backs, obviously one of the biggest weapons in the Big Ten, but also their secondary on defense. I'm keeping an eye on that. But, you know, I look at Minnesota and I see, you know, the depth of their defense and having Kirk Sherrocka back offensively. I think it's going to come down to Purdue, Wisconsin, and Minnesota for the Big Ten West. Nice. All right, to give him a follow on Twitter at Daniel House NFL. It's Daniel House, Gophers Guru, joining us here on the Lake Show. Hey, Daniel, man, we'll catch up with you soon. Hey, thanks for having me, Lake. Good catching up. Always good to have Daniel House joining us yeah. via the uh, <clears throat> John. Sh- what was that? You are just a yeller, man. That's one thing about Christopher Tubbs. He yells at guests and answering the phones twenty four seven. I do. I'm Keep a it down over there. My goodness, nobody wants to hear that. I want to say thank you. Oh, say it quietly. Thank you. Thanks, Daniel, Thanks, on the John Schuster Cowell Banker Hotline. Uh, coming up next, final segment of the Lake Show on the Good Neighbor. All right, tomorrow, just so you guys are aware, we've got a doubleheader of Twins Baseball. Twins Baseball tomorrow starts at 2.05. Louis Varlin. I know. Like, I mean... I didn't even know anything about the connection to WCCO. Oh, really? I didn't know that until I heard Jason DeRusha talking about it. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's but that's cr- Kim's son, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's one of the reasons like she decided to, you know, move on and do other things that she's following her son's playing baseball. Dude, that's I I had no idea. Yeah. Of course, uh, that's for, so cool. Yeah, for uh, for those that are wondering, Kim Varlin. She used to work here. She used to work here. Yep. In uh one of the administrative offices upstairs. And yep. Yeah, one of the reasons that she decided. She literally to, just left like a month and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. She yeah, she did a lot of our, well, because you and I came on about the same time. Yeah, you came on a little no. earlier before I did. Like a year before? Yeah, a year before. year before, okay. But, I mean, she handled a lot of the onboarding and a lot yep. of the HR stuff. So, yeah, it was kind of cool. That's dope. Cool to see that. That's I, dope for her, man. I'm so happy for her. Yeah. And I mean, him. He, yeah, and he made four starts, I think, for St. Paul. But he's, I mean, like a 15th round draft pick in like 2015 or something? No. Is it 15, 19? I can't even remember. Uh, but, I, mean, I think it might have been 19. Was it 19? Okay. I, I want to say he wasn't, like, in terms of what we expect from Twins draft picks, he's kind of moved up the food chain fairly fast. Because we think that there are a lot of, you know, Twins are usually very conservative with how they're bringing up their prospects. But, yeah, I think you're right, a 15th-round draft pick in 2019. I mean, that's cool as hell, man. I'm dead serious. The local tie. Yeah. Like, how cool is that? I mean, you can't get any more local. How much more local can you get than within the building? I know. I mean, maybe somebody on this floor, but, yeah, she's just like. Right upstairs. Right upstairs, yeah. So, Varlin in the opening game, the later game, it'll be a 535 first pitch. Joe Ryan, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole, yeah. That's the matchup. So Wasn't that supposed to I thought that was the matchup tonight, but maybe I was That was gonna be the matchup. Was, okay, but that's tonight. gonna be the late game tomorrow. Okay. Late game tomorrow. Okay. They just bumped it back basically a whole day. Okay. So two oh five, five thirty five. So yeah, people, it's gonna be bam, bam, back to back twins games. So the twins are gonna own this station and be on the network for what, a good seven hours? Yeah. I'll have final pitch tomorrow night. Looking forward to that. But um, that's basically yeah. the deal. Yeah, I'm looking right now. I'm just looking at some major league scores here, Henry, doing a little bit of scoreboard watching. 
Because, I mean, let's be honest, to do it every day. I'm looking at the wild card too, you guys. I mean, I'm, you know, right now the Rays beat the Red Sox. We have to win a division. The wild card is not good for us. Uh, Orioles over the Blue Jays, six to four. Guardians right now up on Kansas City, two to one at the uh, end of the sixth. And the White Sox and the Mariners are nothing, nothing at the end of the first. Hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I know the wild card likely is out of, you know, but I still have to. I mean, I have to look up and I have to at least see what Baltimore's doing. I have to see what Toronto's doing. I have to see what Seattle's doing. I mean, you kind of have to. Do you? Yes. Have to? I mean, they got the third wild card spot. So, I mean, I kind of, I have to. I mean, I'm a masochist when it comes to scoreboard watching. Like, I, I have to. I'm just in that position where if there's any team that they might have to be battling for a playoff spot, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to find out what they're doing. So, but right now we got to pay attention to the K, and right now, Guardians behind Shane Bieber, up two to one on Kansas City. <sighs> All right, let's get after it, guys. And when I say guys, I'm talking about Kansas City. Tomorrow, right. the guys will be the Minnesota Twins. All right, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow night for final pitch, right here on News Talk eight three zero WCCO. It's the Lake Show, baby. Talk to you later. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does. (laughs) Nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.